0: You're listening to Livable Launch. I'm your host, Matthew Slutsky, and today we're talking to Ryan Scott, the CEO of Avalon Master Builders in Calgary. We're talking about net zero communities. We're talking about his upcoming launches. We're talking about his brand, the Zen, communities. So get ready to dive deep and be inspired. Here's a conversation you won't want to miss. Hey Ryan, welcome to the show. Great to see you here. Um, you know, you've been a, a longtime client of mine over the years and, and really happy to see you face to face and talk to you about net zero and what Avalon is up to in the industry right now.
1: Yeah, thanks. Glad to be here.
0: So let's jump right into it. Um, Avalon has become the kind of forerunner in the net zero space. I know you guys are looking right now at a bunch of um, net zero rentals. I um, want to talk a little bit about your upcoming net rentals and what about ownership? Are, are all your upcoming projects uh, on the ownership side net zero projects?
1: Yeah, so um, just in the last couple of years here, we've now converted to net zero ready as Avalon standard. So everything we build will be built to a minimum of net zero ready standard, and then net zero will be an option for our purchase homes and for our rental homes um, all of our homes will be net zero. And, and I guess the difference is, um, essentially for consumer, I don't want to commit them to doing something they may or may not want to do. Um, but for me, we've done the math. We know it works. It makes sense. And, uh, what better way to show our consumers that it makes sense than by putting my own dollars where my mouth is.
0: And net zero is not something new for you. You've, you've been in the net zero world for 20 plus years. Uh, I Want to talk about a little bit about your interest on in how you got into, into yeah. the net zero world?
1: Sure thing. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I, I'm second generation, um, got into the business uh, with my father, um, started looking at the business and saying, okay, well, eventually, obviously being groomed to take over this thing um, and started taking over it and looked at it and said, okay, well, we've got this mission and vision statement. And it was Kind of long-winded and really didn't say much said a lot of nice happy things but it really didn't direct our energies anywhere and at the time brought in all of our staff and started looking at um what can we be the best at what do we think is the future and what can be excited about doing like you know building houses is great but kind of same same you know there's not a lot of differentiation if you're building what everybody else is building So we got in it and uh, we actually spent two days talking around what was important to us and it kept coming back to green, something sustainable, something green. Um, That's where the future is. That's what we could get excited about building. That's what we could be the best in the world at. And at that time, we had no idea what net zero was. Uh, We ended up actually Googling it. What's the highest green standard for uh, a home you could do? And net zero, great. We're going to do net zero 2015, no extra cost to our customers. That's our vision, and, uh, and then so we started out in that. We'd never built a green home and decided, well, let's build one, and of course, like everybody doing something for the first time, we threw everything at the wall and uh, built our first net zero home. It was an equilibrium project with CMHC. And what around what year are we talking about now? That would have been around 2006, I think. And a lot has obviously changed since then. A in the technology lot tech. has changed technology-wise. A lot has changed learning-wise. We've really learned keep it simple. Um, you know, at that time we were we were putting double wall systems that we would suck air through to pre warm it, and we'd do all sorts of interesting stuff. We would put coils under the ground to try and grab some heat from under the ground to pre warm water coming in, and uh, I, I, there were just a ton of things. Basically, nothing was off the table, and we did a number of, I think, six or seven discovery homes um, just to try out different things, and each time building on that knowledge taking what worked and basically taking it from a single family home into our multifamily. So what worked, what we what we really liked, we were able to take out of that and, and use it on everything we were doing. And so that kind of simplified it and really purified what we were doing. Um, and along the way we got to do some really neat things. We built the Green Building Technology Center at State's campus. Um, we, we did some modular net zero houses where we built the house on at State's campus and then moved it to location. Got to do some really fun stuff, but it was all really driving to today, where we can say, okay, we know our costs, we know how to do it, we know how to do it efficiently, um, and bring down that cost for our customers and you know for ourselves and in building our own rental projects.
0: And for people who are listening that don't know what does net zero mean, and I'll, I'll admit it, I, yeah. I don't didn't really have a great idea of what it meant until right. kind of I started looking at what we were going to talk about.
1: Sure. So net, net zero is really a concept where um, you're providing all the energy you consume on an annual basis. So essentially you would pay into and take out of, and at the end of the year, your utility bill should end up being zero. So
0: is that mainly solar power, geothermal? Right. Or what, how, how does the, the energy actually come about? And, yeah. And what about, you know, is it wind glazing systems as well to keep the energy in?
1: Right. Yeah, essentially, I mean... First step, conservation, conserve all you can. Second step, put some sort of renewable on. So when you look at conservation, we're looking at walls, windows, air tightness, those sorts of things. When you're looking at uh, production, typically in today's world, production becomes solar. Um, You know, almost the um, where you look at the heating system, you're converting typically to electricity, typically to some sort of heat pump, geothermal, air source, something like that. But you're, when you go full net zero, you're going to convert to electricity because it's 100% efficient. What you put in, you get out. And so that's kind of where uh, the path you would go. You conserve, and really our, our Discovery Home series has allowed us to figure out how to do that very efficiently and how to train our people to do that and our trades to do that. And then we look at, at end of the day, putting solar panels on the house.
0: So when... I Think about rentals, to me it makes a lot of sense because it might cost you a bit more, Mm -hmm. but there's gonna be savings for your tenants uh, Mm -hmm. down the road. Um, But you also mentioned on your ownership series, you're able to keep the prices kind of at market rate. Um, it go, when I think about solar panel, I just think of like right. these huge costs adding right. up to make this
1: possible. Yep. Um, so how does that work? Is it, yeah, and
0: is that just the difference of from 2016 to now? Just technology has gotten so much better.
1: Yeah. What well, really when we when we talk about uh, no extra cost for our customers, really what we're doing at that time is saying there is an extra upfront cost. So there's going to be an incremental cost about buying a house that is not net zero to buying a house that is net zero. When we say no extra cost, what we're also taking into account is your utility bill at today's rate gives you X dollars. So if we can bring your utility bill down by $40 a month, well, we can add $40 a month to your mortgage. And right now what we're sitting at is actually a savings. If you consider buying a normal house and saying, okay, a normal house, my utility bill will be this. If you buy a net zero house, your utility bill and your mortgage are going to be $6 less than a regular house. So you're already winning in today's environment and as utility prices go up, I think most people would look out there and say, boy, they've gone up a lot. I hope they don't go up anymore. But if you start looking forward, they look like they're going to go up pretty significantly over the next few years. And so that's really where your win is today. You're saving money in the next two, three, four, five years, as utility prices continue to increase, you're saving even more because you're kind of locked in. You've got, you've got your costs, of what you paid for that system. And that's not going to change. And then, you know, as you move into net zero, kind of looking at it saying, okay, well, typically you're going to also eliminate the gas line, which is a monthly service cost. And that also gives you that win.
0: And what about the actual living environment in the house? Mm -hmm. Um, What are your, what are your homeowners or tenants have to say about living in a net zero home versus a um, net, positive home
1: <laughs> yeah so uh sort of from your standard home today to a net zero home the biggest thing people are surprised by is comfort um they didn't realize that their past home different rooms were different temperatures it had drafts it was just it, it was a normal house to them that, that's just how houses are and that's how, how they they lived then they move into our net zero houses and the temperature is more consistent. The air quality is a little bit better because we've got an HRV bringing outside air. And they, they just notice the difference in the comfort. It's it, it's uh, the hardest thing to explain to somebody who's never lived it. And as soon as you get somebody who's lived it, they never want to leave it. That it becomes the standard of life. They're like, no, this is how a house should be built. This is what it should feel like. Why would I accept less than that now?
0: In we got to ask you about gas ranges. Sure. Uh, when it comes to yeah. livability, uh, sure. are gas ranges allowed in a net zero? Can you do a net zero, or, or are you fully cutting the gas line? There is right. no gas line into the house.
1: So at, at this point, uh, net zero is all about the energy consumption. So you have to be it gas, be it electricity, whatever's coming into the house you have to replace with renewable. And so, yes, you can have a gas range. Yes, you could have conceivably a gas furnace. Um, what you're going to find quickly is that Gas, although you can get very highly energy efficient furnaces, et cetera, it starts, you know, it, it's not as efficient as other systems or your gas fire or your electric heat pump, et cetera. Um, so there's a penalty to be paid and that, pay, that penalty is paid by putting extra solar panels on by doing that. Then you've got the issue, obviously, and I think the gas range issue today is really more about indoor air quality than anything is you're, you're putting combustion gases into your house. Never really been a good idea. Everybody's known that for a long time. It's just really come out now to say, hey, you know, you should
0: probably be aware of that. The, the ultimate marketing ploy was right. the uh, the gas industry saying that the gas ranges are the best. Although, that said, I, I've bought into it. I mean, I yeah, I, I, I love my gas range. I've had a gas range <laughs> as well, knowledge. and I
1: liked it. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing when you're putting in something like that is to be conscious about, i know there's off gassing here i know i'm burning a gas there's producing chemicals in my house that i don't want let's ventilate properly and so much so few people do that
0: yeah especially i mean every area is different but i remember seeing pictures in new york of apartments with gas ranges they have no air filtration system uh no venting system out of their kitchen i mean it's crazy at least plan for it (laughs) um Net zero, you guys have been doing it, again, don't want to repeat this, but since 2006, is it now being mandated? You're hearing it a lot more Mm -hmm. than obviously back back in the
1: early 2000s. Is the government actually mandating it now? I think where we're at is, I mean, clearly the the code process has said we're going there. Um, It becomes a federal responsibility to say this is, they they develop the codes, provinces adopt them at their own rates. Um, I think Pretty much the writing's on the wall. We're going in this direction. What timeline it's going to be, I'm not sure, uh, but we're going that direction. And from my perspective, and um, clearly biased a little bit here, uh, but why would you want a house today when you can say, I know the code is going, it's it's foreseeable. They've said they're going to go that direction. Why do you want an obsolete house? Why do you want a house that doesn't meet that when if you take the total cost picture into into uh into your mind it just makes sense you're paying less monthly than you would to operate the other house why not go there today and then in 20 years or five years or 10 years whenever the code gets there your house meets code you're already there
0: and kind of going on that point of people see why would you not want that um do people actually come to avalon seeking you out saying i I'm only interested in a net zero house right. and you guys are the leader in it. Is, is yeah. it something that you're hearing more of actually people specifically yeah. looking for it?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's a portion of our market. It's certainly not all of our market. And we intentionally went into that. Uh, our, our, our thought was if you if you're building a $2 million house, you can choose to do net zero or not. It, you know, whatever the cost is, you can afford it. It's, do you want to do it or do you not? Our philosophy has always been for a market affordable house how do you get this to net zero how do you get it so that that person who actually cares about the monthly cost of the utilities is protected from that and so that's why we've we've gone down that path of really focused in on that that first time home buyer second time home buyer uh, you know move up buyer saying those are the people that need the protection from utility costs those are the people that we need to figure out how to do it more affordably for
0: but also to your point, if you're going after the first time home buyer or second time, then they're going to be used. They're going to want that. You, yes. It's hard to go from a house that has uh, no cold spots right. to a house that's got freezing cold spots and not yep. efficient. I mean, yeah. it's, and,
1: uh, and more, you know, young people have been brought up in a recycling environment. Young people have been brought up to think about this. So is it the top priority? I'd say no, it's probably not your top priority. You know, you've, you've got other needs. You've got to have how many bedrooms do I need to suit my family? Um, is it in the right location for my family? But after that, it becomes a really interesting point for people when you start looking at it and going, OK, this makes a lot of sense. Um, so we've had people come in looking for it, for sure. We've had people convert over. And we have people to just go, all right, fine. It's, it's where I want to be. The house it suits my needs. Um, pricing works for me. You know, It, it might not be their, their key point today. But what we find is, three years down the road, they do like that product again. And that's, that's a product they're actively looking for in the future. So
0: when it comes to net zero, obviously, I mean, we've now talked about exactly what it is. What about inter- interior materials and health? Is that mm-hmm. something that Avalon is paying also attention to, yeah. or is that um, you know the net zero is the main thing about an Avalon?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, really our, uh, our focus has been net zero. So we, we are 100% laser focused on net zero not to say we're we're not focused on other things we do look at those other items um and we're always mostly concerned with indoor air quality uh and durability those are kind of the two big pieces um we we started looking at carbon the sort of carbon intensity of products that go into the home um we're not all the way there that's uh that's a really big hill Um, but we're starting to chip away at that side Um, but really for us today and i mean it's been a 20 plus year mission is to get homes that are net zero out there and to get them out there at a cost efficient rate and you can't do that if you're putting everything under there there's lots of great stuff we've been very intentionally focused on saying if it if it's not net zero or it doesn't somehow relate into net zero energy efficiency air indoor air quality and comfort durability maybe it's not the right product for us today Unless a customer comes in and says, I specifically want to do this for whatever reason. So we have looked we do have low VOC paints. We do have low VOC floorings and all those sorts of things. Um, and a lot of that stuff has just come along as almost um, industry standards today. They're, they're very available. They're very easy to pick and choose from. And so when we're making our selections, we're cognizant of those things. But again, we're always cognizant of the end-all goal is net zero.
0: Moving a little bit off of net zero, Avalon has this entire brand series, the Zen brand. Mm-hmm. I don't think all of your all of your projects are Zen projects, but I think ninety five percent of them are Zen projects. <laughs> yeah. uh, I imagine it's kind of more of the newer ones. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the Zen brand and how you decided to go down that route of actually branding an actual product type, mm-hmm. which is I think quite unique to builders.
1: Yeah, we've got uh, we've actually got two different brands. We've got Zen and we've got Emerge. Emerge is our uh, rental brand, and uh, Zen is our for sale brand. Very similar products typically, um, but uh, really Zen. Uh, we were looking for something that uh, kind of described our product, and um, Zen was something that we found a while back. It you know it talks about and it talks about the feeling of living in your home. And that's how we wanted people to feel. It was very zen. Um, and interestingly enough, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. The, the product type, when we started it, we, we kind of did, um, you know, we had this product type over here and then we had a different product type. And we did kind of communities that had one was zen and one was outlook and one was the, you know, whatever the other name was. And kind of each community had their own name. and uh, And each community had its own individual product. Um, as we started started refining into the energy efficiency and our product type, we started do, repeating the product type over and over and over again, you know, improving it along the way, but vast majority of it being fairly similar, um, and that became our Zen brand, and and it just sort of organically happened. It wasn't an intentional thing to say we're going to go after making this Zen. It just became that's the product that really fit and resonated with our customers and really worked with the developer group we were working with. And so we just kept working with the Zen brand. And and so that's been kind of a, probably over a 10 year run on the Zen brand and it's and it's really become its own entity now.
0: It's funny that more builders don't go down that route. Builders right. pay so much money or developers on branding a project. They've got like three to six month lead up mm-hmm. time to create this brand, push this brand. right. Then they sell it and it could be sold out in a weekend or a year but then they move right. on to it building a whole another brand right rather than keeping a series going i think it's, it's an interesting a, a really interesting move that you guys have done and including in, the, in that zen brand you guys are also focused only on townhomes that, that's correct uh, that's your your key area
1: yeah it's it's really a uh focus on for the most part um stacked uh townhomes um and really focused in on on giving that uh, sort of first time uh, move up, um, downsize or buyer the product that they need. and again it, th- our philosophy on that was um, those are the people who really need certainty in in their costing and those are the people if you can do it for these people you can do it for anything. Um, and that's really where we focused in on it as well we you know as a as a, as a financial decision, a, a business decision we, we looked at the affordable spectrum of the market as, there's people who are always that's that's a segment of the market that's always going to be there. There's always people looking to get into housing. It's a it's maybe not the, you know, you can't do some of the fun sexy things that you can do in a 2 million dollar house, which is, you know, a lot of fun and creativity, but we really can feel good that we're helping people get into home ownership and I and you know, my father before me that he he started the company in 1983, 18% interest rates, it was kind of a interesting time to start a home building company but really focused in on affordability because that was helping consumers get into housing that was helping people to build a nest egg and you know what you look at um, my generation that's where most people hold their wealth you know they they bought a house they moved a few times they built up some some housing wealth and and that's really helping people to um, you know retire (laughs) uh and, and you look at today's world where we're moving off of people going into housing we're moving people into rental uh, and, and sort of as a long-term thing and a, to me it seems so wrong it's this is this is where people build their wealth they buy a house that starts their savings that starts their wealth accumulation and um i really look at that as a as a thing that my generation really did well with and we need to keep getting people to move into housing It's it's I mean it really is a Canadian dream to own your house.
0: Well, I think it's a Canadian dream and as Toronto and Vancouver get more and more expensive, it becomes impossible to right. get that dream other you know well, that's why you see a 300 square foot condos yes. popping up But those are, you know, soon going to be a million dollars yeah. each. So there's no doubt we're seeing big shifts of people Moving into the Calgary market. That's right. Are you feeling that on your properties? I, you know, you've got a lot coming up, but the Calgary market right now, um, you know, I can say in Toronto, there was mm-hmm. the huge push from Calgary. Uh, you know, there's ads across right. the, the subway system, yeah. move to Calgary. And there's, there's people in my company were asking me, they're like, Matt, okay. like, we're moving to Calgary. Right. Like, we're leaving Toronto. What, yeah. Where do I move to? Right. Um, so, are, are you seeing, what are you seeing in the market right now? Who's currently purchasing projects? Yeah. Um, yeah, what what does it look like to you right now?
1: Yeah, I, I mean certainly we are. We're we're I mean we're in a um I, I again a, a, a part of the market where I think it makes a lot of sense for people um that are moving you know we move from Toronto and your your rent is now a great down a, a great mortgage. Um so you, you start finding people coming in. We're certainly seeing people from Ontario, people from Vancouver coming into our market. Um, you know, we had Early on, uh, sort of post uh, post COVID, uh, we had people coming in as investors. Um, you know, you saw a lot of people coming in from Ontario, more Ontario than Vancouver, for whatever reason, um, wanting to buy units as investors. And then, um, and then it was a wholesale shift in no, we're moving, um, we're coming here. Um, you know, kind of, we're not focused on investors. We we would like our our communities to be at least two thirds ownership maybe one-third investors. Um, I certainly don't want to see a whole community go investors. It doesn't create that community feel. So we we really um, actively were going after people that wanted to move into our properties, live there. And uh, it's probably gone from five years ago being one in a project coming from somewhere else to now 35%.
0: Wow. And that's exactly what I'm seeing. I mean, exactly as you said, people investors were doing it and then all of a sudden people in my company
1: are doing it it's, right it's uh all of a sudden people clued it wait a minute if, well, if my boss can buy 10 of them
0: well i think that there's the combination of post-covid yeah. post-covid and remote working yes has has really allowed for people to say okay yeah like, i'm out of toronto i'm right. moving to Calgary. makes economic sense versus just the investors being like great i can buy it for way less than i can right. in
1: toronto and, and get it and get it and rent. i think i mean when you start looking at it you know it was bound to happen from Calgary. Like it, it's Calgary's been going that direction for a long time. We just never quite got there. But you look at the amenities we've got in Calgary, they're pretty fantastic. You know, you've got the mountains nearby. It's it's a great place to live. You don't have the restrictions that a Toronto or Calgary has, or sorry, a Toronto or Vancouver, Vancouver, I mean, where are you going to build? You're squished. you got an ocean on one side, you got mountains on the other, there's nowhere to go. Um, you know, Toronto... You got a green belt squishing you. Okay, prices are going to go up. Calgary, we've we you know we have a blessing of we have a lot of land around here. We have opportunity. Any of the mountains, and we have the mountains right there, <laughs> which is pretty. Well,
0: sweet. it's great as an amenity, but it's also great for keeping it warm sometimes. Yes, that's it's right. Nice, yeah. nice, nice little nice chinooks in winter. Nice, nice Chinooks in the winter, exactly. I also want to touch on your upcoming projects. I know you've got sure, quite a lot of upcoming projects. Can you tell me about kind of I guess what's launching in the next? three, six, 12 months, and a little Mm -hmm. bit about each project?
1: Yeah, sure thing. Uh, So we have um, four projects about to launch for sale um, in sort of various regions of the city. So um, starting in the southeast, we're in Mahogany, uh, Zen and Mahogany, great project, um, right off 52nd Street, right close to all the commercial that uh, Hopewell's built there. Um, I really love this location. It's, it's going to be a mix of our typical stack product and some garage product, um, sort of starting in around 200 kind of going into the four fifties for the double garage type thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, again, starting out as net zero, uh, ready and net zero, um, optionality in that, um,
0: sorry, just to to question question there. So there's a net zero ready and then net zero option. So not every, townhouse has to be net zero. That's to- correct. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Uh, and and uh, so we'll, we'll start out with basically everything you need to make it net zero, except for the heating system, uh, which is basically take the gas one out, put the electric one in and put solar panels on. So we're trying to make it so even if you don't buy it through us and you want to change it five years down the road, it's really easy to do. Any mechanical contractor can do it. Any solar provider can do it. We've set all the runs up, and it's just plug and play. Uh, so you don't have to tear out all the ducting. You know, we've we've actually allocated the space. And then for the gas ones, it's you know you got a foot and a half of just tin sitting there, so they can pull it out and put the right coil in. Um, so that's that's mahogany. Um, we go up to the uh, north central, um, up to Livingston, and uh, we've got a great project up there. Um, Again, very similar project. It's actually all stacked. Um, really um, focused in on uh, our affordable segment, and um, yeah, it's going to be. I think there's around 130 homes up there.
0: It, it, roughly for both those projects, uh, Mahogany and Livingston. What's what's the square footage ranges? What, what are people yeah. looking
1: out? So square footage ranges, um, so our in a stacked product, are single bedrooms in the 550, 560 square feet. We've got some two bedrooms in around 650, and then we've got uh, um, two-story uh, homes to three-story homes ranging in around 1,200 to 1,400 square feet. And so kind of a, a nice mix. So depending on what a person needs, I mean, essentially we've got um, same sort of apartment sized but you've got your own front door, to you know, two to three story. Um, some will have rooftops. Gotcha. Roof, uh, or rooftop patios, not just rooftops. Everybody's got a roof. <laughs> uh,
0: That's part of net zero you don't have a roof. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's <a> wildly <laughs> open.
1: Um, so yeah, no, we've got uh, we've got the panels on, uh, you know, space to put them on, and uh, and some will have a rooftop patio as amenity space.
0: And then after Livingston, did you know, this pour so, coming
1: up? Yeah, after Livingston, we're in uh, Crimson Ridge, which is in the northwest, um, kind of by uh, Rockland. Um, great spot. Uh, not a lot has been built in the northwest in the last number of years, and uh, we did. It, we just completed a, a Zen in Rockland project, which is basically across the street from this project. Went fantastically. More or less taking that product, we've got a lot of rooftop patio stacked units um, and then we've got um, some underdrive garage uh, product Um, again same sort of square footages as the previous and um, more or less when you look at our products across the range and uh, we're trying to offer the same product and amenity in different spots within Calgary the Zen brand the Zen brand and then uh, to completely throw a wrench in the Zen brand uh, we are also building in Cochrane and um, this is a great little community, um, Graystone. It's the old uh, Burnco gravel pit area, right down by the Spray Lake Sawmill Center. Fantastic location down by the river. Um, we've got uh, a bunch of row towns. So um, most of our communities are actually larger condominium community si- uh, sites. This is actually 50 row units. Um, what makes them, well, what made me really interested in them. One was just this, this fantastic location, sort of downtown Cochrane, love that. Um, the second piece though is in the road townhomes, they're all gonna have double detached garages. And what we looked at in the Cochrane market was saying, if you're moving out to that market, you're kind of close to the mountains, you're close to the river, you're probably more into the outdoor activities, kayaking, um, you know, biking, whatever it might be. And so really uh, focused in on saying, okay, well, a lot of people are gonna use their garage for toy storage. Um, Probably you're gonna find that, you know, maybe this double car garage has one in it. Maybe it has no cars in it. And I mean, even dirt bikes, whatever it might be, people are gonna put their toys in the garage. So each of the garage, outside the garage, we've got a parking pad for each of these, which is kind of a unique thing. You don't see it a lot. We we had the the amenity of a really deep lot. And so that allowed us to put that in there. And uh, so you've got nice parking pad, you've got your garage, you've got your backyard, and then you've got your house. And then these will be three-bedroom homes there. So, again, we're more focused on families um, in that market. We thought that was the, the better fit.
0: It's funny. You're talking about the toys in the garage, and I think about the tech on the roof and the <laughs> solar panel. I, and I find to find think of net zero as a, as a bit of a techie thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering, do any of your – Aside from net zero, do any of your homes have any really cool new tech in it?
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, sort of the biggest fo- focus again for us becomes on the net zero technology, the cold air source, heat pumps, those sorts of things. But the neat technologies we've found that people really enjoy are more so the, um, sort of the home energy monitoring systems. And so those are kind of an option thing we put in uh, for people where you can actually start saying, okay, my solar is producing this. Oh, I turned the hair blower on. Man, my hair blower. Holy crap, that thing just sucks power. I wouldn't have thought something that small could draw like that. Or my toaster. It's it's really interesting some of the comments you get after people um, can watch themselves turn things on. And they're like, so the most power-consuming thing I have in my house is my hair blower. Yep.
0: It's funny that I don't have that on the electric side. Right. But I have that on the water side through a a smart home monitor or smart... Automatic water shutoff system. Correct, yeah. Yeah. And I think it drives my wife crazy. I'm always like, the sink is on. I'm like, ooh, look at that water use. Yeah. (laughs) It's literally like, oh, our daughter, that was a long shower. Yeah. Shut that water off right now.
1: (laughs) Just shut the hot off. (laughs) It'll be fine. (laughs) The showers get shorter. (laughs) Yeah, no. um, So we we do have some technology like that. But again, uh, our our primary focus has been getting it into uh, that affordable level. So... There are. There's a lot of neat technology. Um, what well, what I've kind of noticed over the years is a lot of the technology built into houses um, seems to be coming to. I mean, we. I, I live in a house. I bought a. I bought a house that was uh, secondhand because I wanted to move to an acreage and I didn't want to grow twenty years of trees. And now I'm renovating this thing, and it's got miles of cat five in this thing because everything was going to be these cat five everything you know, he needed to have it and he put it everywhere except nobody uses cat five for anything anymore it's
0: amazing how fast houses went through cat five yeah.
1: to just wireless it's, it's- why wi- everything's wireless you know speakers are all wireless now like you don't need anything wired today and that's kind of the realization we've had is going through things wiring in a bunch of this newer cool technology is sometimes sometimes it's going to be a long-term thing. A lot of times it's kind of a fad. And so we've, we've kind of gone down the road of saying, okay, you know what, there's some really cool stuff out there. But, you know, if you want to have the, the speakers, well, they make Wi-Fi speakers. And why not just throw in Wi-Fi speakers? I mean, unless you're a true audiophile that you're trying to get this perfect noise, it's going to be great. Um, and so we've kind of gone down that path and, and it's, it's worked out well for us. It's, uh, it's really allowed us to gain, be laser focused on, you know what, if it's not going to add to the customer experience on the net zero or on their living in the house comfort, it's probably something for that person to choose to do themselves. And if we go down the path of adding all these things in, that's where it becomes unaffordable. People look at it and go, okay, well, it's not a savings of $6 a month. You want me to invest another $10 a month? Well, you know, that's it. It's hard to. It's a hard sales pitch to make. When I can say I'm saving money, okay. Well, geez, it's a pretty easy sales pitch to make.
0: Awesome. Well, Ryan, thank you very much. Really appreciate that. And I think, I mean, the net zero is definitely a space that any new home builder, I think, is going to, is starting to look at more seriously. Really appreciate your honesty and openness about it. And I mean, you guys have started an entire sustainability center, uh, which is, which is pretty incredible for not just the industry, but the future generation of home builders. So thank you very much for being on the show. Really
1: appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed it.
0: Thank you for tuning into livable launch, your go-to podcast for all things condo and new home launches. We hope today's episode has given you valuable insights into the exciting world of real estate development and the minds behind these remarkable projects. We're incredibly grateful to our esteemed guests and our dedicated listeners like you who continue to make this podcast a success. Remember, Livable Launch is here to keep you informed, inspired, and engaged with the ever evolving landscape of condo and new home developments. We value your feedback and want to ensure that Livable Launch remains your trusted source of information so don't hesitate to reach out. Remember, we're all in this exciting journey together. If you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on our website or social media platforms. And if you're a builder industry expert who wants to share your expertise and be featured on our show, please get in touch. We'd love to hear about your latest projects, launches, and insights. Thank you again for joining us on Livable Launch. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Stay up to date with the latest condo and new home launches, trends, and insider knowledge. Until next time, keep building, dreaming, and exploring the world of real estate. Remember, Livable Launch is here to guide you for every step of the way. I'm Matthew Slutsky, and this is Livable Launch signing off. Happy building and see you soon.